Are you even ready, everybody, for another episode of Don's Pinball Podcast? We're up to number 42. Welcome. I got a lot of requests to do this tonight. There's a lot of uh, speculation about the Harry Potter machine that we're going to get into. That's basically what this episode is. And I'm going to bring it to the fans because that's what they demand from me. Otherwise, I got some mod news I want to get to. What's up, everybody? How's your Monday going? Did you listen to everybody else? You still got some time left in your commute. Well, grab that lukewarm coffee because we are going to hit it right up. Pizzow, pizzow. Man, how is your Monday going? Any major news items or anything that came in? What's that, child wizard? You're a hairy wizard. So out of seemingly nowhere today, uh, the Mr. Great Joe Kamakow, the, the guy from uh, the Kapow Production Company that uh, the dude like Mr. I'm going to get franchises, I'm going to get licenses, went ahead and just randomly posted on his Facebook page um, a little message about Jersey Jack Pinball, New Jersey's finest, Chicago's newest machine building company has secured the license to the unobtainium Harry Potter. Like, what the heck, man? Jersey Jack is right in the middle of, like, getting out their uh, Godfather game. It's in production. The CEs haven't even started leaving the factory yet. And then here he goes, like, totally blowing their next thing. Like, what in the heck is, like, you know, going on with this? I'm going to read the quote here for you guys. Everybody's been commenting about this, and you know what? I'm everybody, too. So here we go. This is what popped up on Mr. Joe Kamigot's Facebook page today. Hey, pinball fans, here's the scoop. Jersey Jack has secured the license for Harry Potter for pinball. No waiting. No speculation. They locked it in. It's like, like, what, homie? Are you for real? Are you totally blowing like their whole Harry Potter deal here? Um, so, yeah, obviously, this response was immediate, and it was mixed. It was basically one of three different camps of thought on this. First off, this is just some guy trolling. This is somebody that, like, you know, spoofed his account, created a Facebook account, totally happens, posts this thing just to rile people up. Um, you know, this wasn't like a normal, like, hacker or somebody that would, like, you know, infiltrate your uh, Facebook page or spoof it to, to do something. Because this would be, have to be someone who's, like, such a pinball nerd that they would know that this would actually, you know, get people to react. So that's one thing, like, it was just completely fake. Uh, the other thing is it's his real page, but somebody got on there and posted something. You know, I don't know. Uh, you know, this is someone, someone nefarious there. Maybe he left his phone somewhere and, you know, instead of showing, you know, taking a picture of their butt and putting it on his account, like friends do, uh, they posted this, you know, troll to Jersey Jack. Uh, you know, the other thing is maybe it's legit and it's real. Uh, maybe this guy was working on the license and lost out sour grapes and posted this. So I went ahead and I'm going to look at it that way first. Okay. So if this was a total fake account, um, which the post lasted for about seven to nine hours today and then was deleted. Um, it was shared and then disappeared. That's how I noticed. But I had got the receipt, so I did post it on my Facebook page. If you want to see the post for yourself, it's still there, living uh, La Vida Loca. Um, but if this was, you know, a spoof account, once it was found, the, the whole account would have been deleted, and it wasn't. You know, his page was still there, just his post was missing. Uh, so then the other thing, you know, if somebody had gotten onto his legit account, posted this nefariously, he would have deleted it and then posted a follow-up. Hey, guys, by the way, if anybody saw that, you know, that wasn't really me. Someone got into my account. You know, the dog stepped on my phone. Whatever. Something like that. Um, neither of those really happened. So I, I think now we're getting to the point that this thing looks to be legit, especially because the Mr. Joe Kamakow later in the day did start showing up in the pin side thread, which was all a buzz with every kind of just perspective you could imagine, right? 
Um, you know, and he was in there, uh, you know, posting like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm speculating like all you guys do, you know, and, and if that was the case, I, I kind of think the response would have been more immediate. I mean, for this to come 12 hours later, it's kind of like, <laughs> I was just joking guys. I can only imagine what is going on behind the scenes at Jersey Jack today. Uh, so apparently this was a real post from the dude. Okay. Um, now, this is the first brush with uh, Harry Potter the Jersey Jack has had. Uh, Mr. Jersey Jack Winari, uh, in the last few months or so, posted a selfie of himself on his social medias. And in the background, he had a picture, you know, he's in front of a mural. I don't know if it was like the Warner Brothers lot, um, you know, but there was a, uh, a mural of uh, Wizard of Oz, Willy Wonka. And then there was also a Ron Weasley peeking out there. Like there was a Harry Potter thing there, too. So was he like tongue in cheek teasing? Or does he know that the speculation runs wild and he was just trolling? I mean, either one is equally true. Um, but for them to then drop this, I mean, this is looking like it's probably more true than it's not. So take that for what it is. I mean, nothing is substantiated until we get the you know fist-pumping video with the guy and his daughter um, in the reveal video from Jersey Jack themselves. But let's talk about this license for a little bit. Um, now, supposedly, everybody knows this, but, you know, J.K. Rowling, very controlling about her property, you know, um, and who gets to license it. Uh, reportedly, she doesn't want to have her characters associated with anything dingy like bars, and pinball gets associated with bars and adult entertainment and, and such and whatnot. But I'd heard somebody mention that there's a Harry Potter uh, slot machine, like in casinos, and that would blow that theory right out of the water. But I went and looked, and I can't find one, not an official one. I mean, if you Google, you can find you know, Harry Potter themed slot machines, but they're either, uh, you know, online gambling games or like custom things someone made themselves, but not like something in wide release, not like a Munsters uh, slot machine or Elvira slot machine or Pirates of the Caribbean or even Wizard of Oz, you know, or other licenses that we've seen in pinball. So I haven't found one, um, you know, like a, a Harry Potter themed franchise slot machine. Maybe there's Fantastic Beasts. I didn't Google that. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, if anybody can nail down this license, it's, you know, the, the people that, uh, you know, run in these circles. So Jersey Jack obviously has a relationship with Warner Brothers. Um, you know, there was the thought, you know, would, would you go after, if you were making a Harry Potter pinball machine, would you go after the books and the literature? Similar to how, you know, this this uh, Venom rumor is rumored to be the comic book Venom and not movie Venom. So then you don't have to deal with uh, Sony licensing and everything. You can go strictly with Marvel, who Stern has a good relationship with. So, um, yeah, we'll get into all that. But, uh, I, you know, this is a huge franchise and, you know, everybody's got a price. Everything's motivated by money. Um, you would need to have a, a successful run of this machine to probably compensate for the higher price that you'd have to go into when it in terms of uh, of licensing, but you know I could I could see it happen. I don't think it's as unobtainium as other people are thinking. If Universal Studios can go ahead and get the rights to build three dimensional walkthrough interactive rides and such um, of her properties, then I think it's open for pinball. Um, especially you know if she's looking to garner some favor or you know if she's kind of come around to like what pinball really is. You know it's in the home market. Uh, it's in league play, it's in bars, yes, but it's also in arcades and it's family friendly and, and, and fits, you know, I mean, heck, Toy Story just came out, so come on. So, whatever, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that where it is and we'll see where that goes. But let's speculate here a bit on what kind of Harry Potter machine uh, you would make. Now, for sure, you'd have to go for the movies. That's, you know, in literature, you know, the books are always generally better than the films just because they have to be adapted and truncated. But the juggernaut powerhouse of licensing with Harry Potter is overwhelmingly featuring the characters uh, from the movies. Now, uh, there are seven films of this. There's a ton of content. And so you there's no way you could include all seven 
books of movies um, in a pinball machine without taking like one little piece uh, from each thing, like one cake topper uh, from each movie, you know, a Goblet of Fire, a Chamber of Secrets, an Azkaban, a Half-Blood Prince Feather, you know, Rise of the Order of the Phoenix or whatnots, um, Sorcerer's Stone and all that, and just like sprinkle it through the play field. So I don't think that would quite work. What I was thinking about this, um, I initially thought, you know what, what if you just did the first three Harry Potter films those are the ones that by far most people have seen, even people that are not even really fans of Harry Potter but have casually come across it. They've seen the first movie, probably bits of the second one with Moaning Myrtle. Everybody knows that. And then, you know, Prisoner of Azkaban. The later half, you know, doesn't really make it a, much of an appearance, even in the theme park rides and shows and movies and such. It's like, you know, 60% uh, Sorcerer's Stone, the first one, and then, you know, maybe 20% split between the, the second and third movie. Maybe there's a sprinkling of something after that, but uh, hitherto now we haven't really seen that. So I would say to focus, initially I was thinking, focus on the first three um, movies, and that should give you everything you need. Give you Privet Drive, give you the, uh, you know, Harry's Room Underneath the Stairs, uh, Hogwarts, Hogsmeade, Nocturne Alley, Diagon Alley, and a couple of cauldrons, and we're done. Um, you know, and then uh, you could really fill it in with the modes, right? So um, the first three movies had the kids. They were getting older in each movie, but, you know, didn't really incorporate the teen ones. You could draw from that if you wanted to, or maybe that's a way that you can save money on licensing. Uh, so interesting thought occurred to me. Um, as these children aged, their, uh, their celebrity status increased as well as the movies went on. And so then they would have gone back and renegotiated contracts and had more and more control over their likenesses. But when they started, like, remember, when the first Harry Potter movie came out, every young adult novel series was trying to become a franchise, right? You had the C.S. Lewis, uh, you know, Prince Caspian, and then Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. You had uh, the Golden Compass. Uh, gosh, well, there was so many other ones. Um, Hunger Games came out of that. That was probably the, the second most successful one. Um, but there was like that Percy Jackson and the Olympians that no one saw. That's kind of like the American pinball <laughs> the theme level. <laughs> so like Legends of Valhalla. But, you know, so uh, these kids initially, you know, the Sorcerer's Stone could have been a one and done if it wasn't popular. So I think, you know, these kids being as young as they were, um, you know, not really having made a name for themselves. I, I think the, the, the ownership of the license from that first film is probably... Probably not as strong as it then got by the end, you know. Try to get Daniel Radcliffe now. I mean, you'd be paying out the nose. So that's why I would think that the first two to three films, which would be uh, Sorcerer's Stone, Philosopher's Stone in the UK, uh, Chamber of Secrets, Moaning Myrtle, and uh, the Basilisk, and then also uh, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, you know, that's... You know, uh, serious blacks and that and all that um that would encompass plenty of characters to make like three different pinball machines so uh initially i thought you know limited to that the license would probably be cheaper because you could probably take advantage of the fact that the children were more naive then you know and that's a horrible thought to think of but when it comes to actually putting into production uh, a license of this sort that's probably the kind of angle you'd have to go over and then, you know, as the shower went on that I was thinking of this in, because this is where I do most of my thinking, um, I got to thinking about Pirates of the Caribbean that Jersey Jack made. And that is, you know, it, it kind of, it, it's like a game that takes place within the universe of Pirates of the Caribbean without really being any one specific place in time or places or story. You know, you've got, you know, all the awesome mechanisms in there. You know, you got the English ship, you got the Black Pearl, the the rocking ship up there, the pop bumpers with the barrels on them. You've got a plastic whirlpool. You got the uh, the Calypso gobble scoop. 
Um, and, you know, they get Davy Jones locker in the back to lock balls. And, you know, there's there's always little things like that were borrowed from the films without being like, you know, one specific area. You're not in that treasure cave at the end. You know, you're not in Port Royal for the whole game. It's just kind of encompassing everything. So the way that you would probably do this, or at least my approach would be to create a game that takes place within this mythical realm without really being any one place in particular. And that's the only way you can incorporate this. Because what do you have to have? I mean, if you're going to make a Harry Potter machine, you have to do this or not at all. You've got to have Hogwarts. You've got to have Privet Drive, where Harry starts. You know, you've got to have Diagon Alley. Um, Hogsmeade probably needs to be included. Uh, you know, and so then maybe, uh, you know, you get some pop bumpers with cauldrons on them and there's like your Nocturne Alley area, um, that leads into Diagon Alley. Maybe there's an upper play field like Wizard of Oz. That's like the Hogwarts upper play field area. Um, you know, and then you have to have, you know, London Hogwarts Express has to be in there. You could probably have like a Hogsmeade area. Well, you have to have a forbidden, uh, forest too. So maybe that's a second upper play field, but you know, like make these sections of the machine. It would have to have upper play fields, probably two, just like Wizard of Oz kind of, I'm thinking of Wizard of Oz layout, but with these uh, these mechanisms and these these themes, um, you know, maybe the pop bumper forest is the Forbidden Woods or whatever. But you have to have a Nocturne Alley area with cauldrons, you know. So you theme it like that, and then the way that you tie in each of the stories is through modes. You know, like if we look at uh, Foo Fighters, uh, the modes are you know all the different cities that you go to, and so the each mode takes place in the same play field. But, you know, one of the modes, you know, you're hitting, you know, shots. Uh, the other one, you're hitting the spinner mostly, and then the shots. Uh, the one, you're hitting targets, you know. Or look at Godzilla, right? Godzilla's got fully fleshed out code now. When you're battling monsters, I mean, Ebera, you're hitting the spinners. That's really what you're looking at. Spin the spinners and then hit the pop bumper, you know. But with Gigan, you're hitting the ramps, and that's really all you're focusing on. So each mode, which could borrow from major plot points, major scenes from each movie, Playing out on the screen, and maybe you can incorporate a screen into the play field too, um, just so you, you, know, you have that you know, visual uh, stimuli. Um, but then the modes kind of incorporate different areas. And maybe with the lighting that Jersey Jack is fantastically known for, you can highlight different areas of the play field so that, you know, the, you know, battling the troll or something occurs in the Hogwarts upper play field. And so the lights are kind of focused up there. Um, you know, when you have to go collect everything that Harry needs for school, uh, maybe you're down in the, the Diagon Alley area trying to hit all the targets to get his cauldron and Hedgewig his owl and his wand shop. And then maybe you shoot the nine and three quarters um, spinner on the train platform to board the train to Hogwarts and that ends that mode. And so each little region of the play field could be, you know, a section and a mode from the movie. So that's kind of where I came down as. Um, either they just, uh, you know, kind of pick and choose little bits of things from all the movies and, and throw it all together and find a way to make it work. Or, you know, they went with the first three movies because the licensing is probably cheaper with those. Um, and then, you know, kind of, you know, direct it that way. Or they go with the Pirates of the Caribbean approach where you just kind of, you make this pinball machine inspired by themes within the, the lore. And then each area is brought to life through modes. And that's how it lives. So um, that's how I could see it going forward, you know, and, and, and how that would work. So uh, what would it be? I talked about that. When would we, when would it come? Like, he didn't release this information like six weeks from announcement. I mean, they're not going to wrap up the Godfather CEs and then all of a sudden just boom, here's Harry Potter fist pumping video. Get ready guys. Um, so <clears throat> this is probably early. Uh, it's probably two years out. Who's going to make it. 
I don't know, Eric uh, or the Shao Kahn guy that works at JJP. Uh, you know, one of the one of the two. You know, Eric. It seems like he's you know really just just finished up Godfather and it's out. Maybe Godfather had been done for a while, and while he's doing the promotion now, he's heavily at work on the next game, and he could be doing this. Um, I think any of the designers that they have now, except for you know Lord Luller Snape, um, you know Severus Lawler, <laughs> Severus Pat. <laughs> Come up with a Harry Potter name for him. Um, you know, uh, but either one of those guys could, you know, probably throw this together. Uh, but I wouldn't imagine seeing it before like 2025 when Epic Universe opens. Um, and maybe you could, you could have it coincide with the new Harry Potter expansion area that's going to happen at the new Universal Park that's opening in 2025. Uh, that would seem to be a great marketing time, uh, marketing tie-in. That is a release date that would make sense. It fits the, the time period. Uh, there would be some synergistic uh, promotion there. So I could see that working. So I'm going to go ahead and call it because I have no information. I have no idea if this is even real. Uh, I don't know if Joe Camacow just had a couple margaritas and went wild because that's what he does. But uh, let's just go on record now saying that Harry Potter, theme inspired from the films, uh, probably leaning heavily from the first three films if it even incorporates things from the other ones. And if it does, it's probably through code and modes. Uh, target date of 2025 to come coincide with the grand opening of Universal's Epic Universe in Orlando, Florida. Boom, there we go. This thing, I just cracked this whole thing wide the crap open. Aren't you glad you're listening to me? Aren't you glad there's another voice within the pinball podcast space so that when you, you know, eclipse and, and run out of everything else to listen to and, uh, you know, Orbital Albert hasn't put it up his, uh, you know, coffee-choked episode uh, from Nova Scotia, you got me in your ear. And I'm just your constant friend here several times a week um, with a Patreon for five bucks. As an aside, I've been putting up some content on the Patreon. Don't you want to peek behind the curtain? Only five bits of gander. Go ahead and take a look. Uh, Don Spinable Podcast on Patreon. Google me. All right, what else have we got? So mod news. I'm all about the mods. You know, I like playing around. I like decorating my dollhouse. What can I say? Um, so uh, my boy uh, Hans out in Los Angeles is sending me out a mod to try out. I'm so excited. He's created a new mod for Rush uh, the pinball machine themed after the Canadian band Rush. Uh, so what this uh, what this mod is, is it's about eight different albums uh, that are all uh, printed and then placed on wood on an acrylic background and then get bolted to the back of the play field um, and it incorporates lights in there and kind of lights up all the different albums and things. It looks decorative. It looks sweet. I'm, I'm curious to try it out. And wouldn't you know, for, in exchange for a shout-out, he's sending me a review copy. Now, he's sending me a review copy to borrow. I'm not getting a free one. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to review it. I'm going to give you my honest opinion, and then I'm going to send it back to him. So, you know, I'm not just getting stuff for free and shill, shill, shill. Uh, though, you know, I do have a price <laughs> if you guys want to get at me. Uh, so I'm excited for that to review it. Um, it. It's already listed up on Pinside, selling for $80. Uh, I don't have any other promotional tie-ins or anything, but I'm excited to go try that out. And man, dang it, if I like the dang thing, I'm just going to send him the money and keep the keep it. And I don't think I don't think that'll make anything. Uh, that he would get upset about. Uh, in other news, I've got this uh, this fire blasting light up Godzilla toy that I'm putting into my Godzilla. So uh, a close associate of the Stumbler Pinball guys. Um, oh god, what's his name? I got it written down here. Jazz Boosh on uh, Pinside has created the Atomic Godzilla. So for the Godzilla, well, really for the the pros, premiums, and LEs, uh, there's that Godzilla either flat plastic or in the upper trim levels. He's a three dimensional sculpt, and he just sits back there chilling, a static model, a static sculpt. Uh, behind the bridge. And so what this mad lad has done is designed and a new sculpt with LEDs incorporated into his uh, his back uh, razor uh, 
uh, I, what, what is Godzilla got run down his back? It's almost like Stegosaurus scale things. Um, but anyway, they all light up blue and different cool colors, like in that Stumbler lolly vibe. Um, and then it's also as his mouth like lights up with fire and things. So it looks super cool. The sculpt is way more detailed. It exactly matches Zombie Yeti's artwork on the Playfield version of Godzilla, like the kind of Ripley corduroy look. It's also bigger. You know, I'd say like 15 to 20% taller than the actual sculpt that comes from uh, Stern. So um, I saw this first about six months ago, I think, on Pinside, and it was one of those things where, like, all right, I'm going to throw my name in on the list. I don't know if I'll ever, ever get to get one. It looks like I'm late to the party, whatever. Well, I just got contacted, and he was doing another run of them, and my number came up, and he's like, do you want it? And I'm like, I guess. So I, I gave him my $225 because that's how much this thing costs. Oh, I spent so much money on mods. My goodness. Uh, anyway, this thing has showed up to my house. Now, I'm still out in Ohio, but that Godzilla box is sitting there. So when I get home... I'm going to throw this bad boy in, and then we'll go ahead and give it a review. Now, there's videos up. Uh, he's been shipping these out. People have been getting them. People have put them in there. Gonzo's Pinball Flipperama has got a video up talking about the must-have mods uh, for Godzilla. And so he's got some video of it. So if you want a really cool-looking light-up Godzilla that matches Zombie Yeti's artwork, uh, this boy's got it. And it's uh, you know it's got like that kind of like uh, yeah, Stumbler Lolly uh, uh, light up LED kind of theme there. So, um, the lights look great. It's not just a blinky blinky. I mean, it's like this cool, like a dynamic effect up and down his back and in his mouth. So, you know, doesn't look like it has anything to do by adding gameplay or functionality, but dang, if it doesn't look nice. So I'm going to throw that in my Godzilla and I'll give a review on that. Um, maybe I'll do a little live stream when I get that in and the rush mod and I'll just, you know, show it off. So, I don't know what else I have. Uh, my boy Hans, he's got a company called The Games People that he's selling mods on. Um, I collaborated with him on my other Rush mod that I was uh, getting out there for a while for the drumsticks. Uh, now it's available through him as a package with the drumsticks as well. So that's fantastic. So thanks, Hans. That's great. You get a... Oh, man. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is like low energy Monday, man. Um, I've been going hard all weekend, but that's the news from Lake Wobegon for what I have from my perspective on it. You know, I sat and listened to everybody else. I listened to Canada's perspective on it. I listened to the pinball shows, Patreon special about it. Um, and you know, here's mine. Um, but I think, I, I think I'm onto something about the timing of this. Um, you know, if, if Kamikaze is really upset about losing the license, it must've just happened. And if the license just got, got, then they're going to be at the preliminary stages of now, you know, maybe they have a white wood, but maybe, but now they're really going to start like putting the assets in there and start working on the supply chain, the sculpts and how to implement this stuff. The kind of things you would wait on until you knew the license was secured. So then that gives us like 18 months to two years. And wouldn't you know it right about when that ends, there'll be a new fantastic beast wizarding world of Harry Potter opening at a brand new theme park in Florida. It's perfect. It's synergistic madness. I mean, this is marketing, right? Oh God, I did it again. Hang on. Oh man, I was skateboarding today and the chest pain still hasn't gone away, but that's fine. I'm gonna keep it up. If y'all aren't following the Instagram, check it out, Don's Pinball Podcast. I post content up there. Check out the Patreon, $5 a month. I've got exclusive content on there. Some of it is quite hilarious. Also, follow me on the Facebook page, Don Pinball Podcast. Uh, on Facebook, we discuss everything on there. And then I got a Discord and Don's Pinball Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, let's just keep it going. All right, guys. Have yourselves a good Monday. I'll probably be back later in the week. Love everybody. Harry Potter. You're a hairy wizard. Bye, Hagrid's beard!
Snape Lawler. <laughs>